Mark chapter 11. The purpose of this gospel, Mark said it, to show to us who is Jesus, the Son of God. And we're going to see him again this morning from a perspective that we thought about just five weeks ago on Palm Sunday, because we're here now in Mark chapter 11, and we're going to read the story again of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Um, A great picture of what we do every Sunday when we come together. Remember, Sundays are the day of worship because that's the day the Lord rose again from the dead and all of his people gather together all around the world. It's it's an amazing thing that takes place. Still, Still not enough of us. There's still over a billion people who haven't even heard his name yet. So it's not happening everywhere. But in many, many nations around the world, his people gather together on Sunday morning to remember what he did on that first Sunday morning, not the literal first, first day of the week, but in, in order of importance, in order of priority, that first Sunday morning was that day that he rose again from the dead. And in this particular story that we're going we're gonna to read, this is the week before he rose from the dead as he's entering into Jerusalem. We've been hearing over and over again through um, chapters 9 and 10 how he's on his way to Jerusalem and all the ministry that he was doing was on his way to Jerusalem. Well, now he's there and this is how he enters. Mark chapter 11, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, so it was probably, he was in Bethany, probably telling them to go to Bethphage, which was the next, the next village. He says, go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell him, the Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied on a doorpost, or excuse me, on a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying this colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had, that they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, or save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna, or save us. In the highest, Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. A great moment in our history. And and remember this. One of the purposes of all the Gospels is to help us remember that everything that we believe about Jesus is is found in history, in in real life events. 
This isn't just made up, made up stories, made up myths. These things actually took place. So the things that we believe about Jesus, which are which is vitally important for us to know that they're based on true events. This really took place. And isn't it a great fulfillment of what we read in Psalm 118 this morning, as Mark led us? The, the, knowing this story, we could be reading Psalm 118 and say, hey, this is, the, this is Jesus entering Jerusalem. Just as David entered Jerusalem numerous times, victorious in battle, Jesus was entering Jerusalem in, in a very, very significant way. And, and, and Mark, is in, in this whole story, is reminding us of something very important. Remember the purpose of, his, of this gospel. To introduce to us, his readers. And remember, we're blessed to have had this for a long time. Some of us have been reading th- this story since before we could read. It was being read to us. For some of us, it's, it's new. Mark was writing this to people who had never heard before, and he's introducing again to them, as he's been doing throughout the entire gospel, Jesus is the king. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is God himself in the flesh. That's, that's what this story is depicting in the, in the life of Jesus on earth. As he was going into Jerusalem, he's letting them know this is the one that you've been reading about all through the Old Testament. This is the one that you've been waiting for. Here he is. Mark's letting us know that's who Jesus is. Now, he, Mark also gives us a little bit of an indication of that in the way this whole story sets up. Going in, going into the next village, you're going to see a cult there. How does he know that? Did he, have it? Did he, did he send somebody earlier to, to set it up? Probably not, or he wouldn't have had to, they would have known that. They're, they're, they've been together all the way coming, coming in Jerusalem. He says, go in, you're going to find a, a, a donkey over there, colt. It's never been ridden before. Probably they're thinking, this could be interesting. You, you, we've all seen pictures, if not lived, you know, seen it in person. Any, any donkeys I've ever written, ridden were, were broken already. They, they were they were already rideable. People had ridden them before. I, I've never been the first one on. I don't know that I'd want that experience. They might even think, okay. But he went in, he found this, this, this colt. And in Matthew, we find out we, he brought him also with, with, with the colt's mother. But they go and they find the, 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 the colt tied there just as, as he told them. And then, like he told them, people were going to ask him, what are you doing? He says, the Lord needs him. We'll bring him right back. Now, that, that, that partly could have worked because of the time and place. Don't see it working that well right now. Unless it was Jesus working it out. Because nobody's, you know, willing to give up their property, you know, that easily. But here, the disciples tell him as Jesus told them to, tell him the Lord needs him. We'll have it right back. The Lord needs him. The Lord needs him. Mark's letting us know loud and clear. Not only is Mark presenting him as the Lord, 
but Jesus identified himself as the Lord. He never hid that. Now, he told them sometimes not to go, not to go in a big way and tell people because of the, of the place it was in the timing of, the, of his ministry. The, the time was now come for them to recognize who he is. And he's clearly letting them know, as he did throughout his ministry, here he's clearly letting them know he is the Lord. And as they bring the donkey back and he gets on, immediately as the crowd is gathering, you know, the word, the word has, been, has been building, you know, the, the, the rumors that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Because remember, the, the whole country had heard about what he was doing. The whole country had heard about the, the differences that he had with the, with the Pharisees and the other teachers of the law. And so him coming into Jerusalem just before the Passover, just before one of the major feasts where, where thousands of people from all over Israel were, were going to be coming into Jerusalem, they thought, oh, no, this, this, this is going to be an interesting time. Now, the, the people that were out there today in Mark 11 on, on the original Palm Sunday, those people were expecting that the showdown is going to happen and he's going to be victorious and he is going to usher in the kingdom of David on earth again. Giving them victory over the Romans who are occupying them and, get, and, and giving them the peace that that they've been waiting for, that they've been longing for. That's why in their, in their singing of, the, uh, of praise to him, it says, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. They saw Jesus as, as the Messiah was described in the Old Testament, as the son of David. They saw him coming now, and he was going to usher this kingdom in. And he did, just not in the way that they were expecting. They didn't see this in the way. Oh, they knew that the the Jewish leaders were probably going to try and kill him, but they didn't think that was going to be possible because they thought he was coming to establish the kingdom. And so they didn't see the cross. They saw the glory. They saw saw their country being, being reunited. They saw their country being victorious over their enemies. They saw their country living in the peace of the kingdoms of David and especially of the kingdom of Solomon. They saw that coming back. All the promises of the Old Testament being fulfilled in that kingdom, which are still yet to be fulfilled, many of them. But they were looking for it all right there. And they were welcoming him as the coming of the king. They were right. They didn't understand everything right about him yet. But they were right. Look at what they said. Well, first look at what they did. Just great acts of humility and of worship as they took their coats off and laid them on the, on the dusty road. And, there, and remember, there were a lot of people doing this, and, and this is a very, very steep road that he's on. Their coats probably aren't going to be coming back to them in the same condition that they went down on the road. As the, as the donkey walks on him as he's going down a hill and then going back up a hill and, and they, they keep putting these things out and the, and the branches out. They were, they were treating him like the king that the word of God said that he was. They were believing that this is 
that Messiah, and they were acting like it. They were, they were giving up their stuff to, to, to crown him. They were giving up their stuff to welcome him. They were giving up their stuff to worship him. A great picture for us. Oh, we, we don't get to do it in person like they did. But every time we get together like this and we sing these songs of praise, he is hearing our praise just as loudly or more so than he did on this day when he was receiving the praise of the people of Israel. What an opportunity we have because of who he is and because of what he was going into Jerusalem to do. They were asking him to save them. They, again, they were talking about a different kind of salvation. They were talking about being saved from from Rome. He was going into town to save them. He was going into town, into Jerusalem, to face the music of his ministry, to face the truthfulness of his ministry, because if he keeps talking like he's been talking, if he keeps equating himself as God, he keeps equating himself with God and declaring that he is God, there's going to be a showdown. And that showdown is going to come. And throughout his ministry of this coming week, here from Mark 11 on now, he is establishing himself as the authority. He is establishing himself as the Savior. They were saying, save us. He's saying, I'm here. I am your Savior. Believe in me. In, one, in, in the other gospel accounts, it says that the, the leaders of the, of the Jews that were out there said, hey, you better, you better tell these people to be quiet. Don't you, don't you hear what they're saying? They're praising you as if you were God. He says, not, I'm not going to make them be quiet because if, if they don't shout out, the stones along the road here, they'll cry out because that's who I am. This is a, this again, a story rooted in history to let us, the readers of this great account, ask ourselves the question, do we put two and two together like they were? Remember, they didn't have all the information yet, like we do. But can we look at this story? Can we look at what happened here? Put two and two together. See the announcement made in Psalm 118. See the announcement made in Zechariah chapter 9. See the announcement made all the way back in Genesis chapter 49 in the blessing on Judah. And see the identical things described happening. Can we put two and two together and say, there is something special about this man. Now, we've been reading this now for for months up to chapter 11. And we're seeing it. Chapter after chapter after chapter. Mark doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He's presenting to us the facts of the story so that we can see who Jesus, the Son of God, is. And that he is God himself. Well, there's no greater statement on this well, other than what happens a week from this day. It'll be longer for us. Um, but but in, the, in the actual story, it took a week for him to rise again. But to get to the rising again, he had to do, this, he had to do the, the difficult part of the saving. We were singing about it this morning. 
the difficult part of him going into town, welcomed as the king as he is, and then turned on, not necessarily by the same people. There may have been, I mean, some of the leaders of the Jews were abs- had absolutely turned on him. They had already turned on him. And, and sometimes we think, well, were these same people that were welcoming him in Hosanna, Hosanna, were they also the ones saying crucify him? Probably not. Probably a different crew. But the tide changed. And by Friday, Thursday night and Friday, there was a crowd of people in Jerusalem demanding his death. Afraid that he, that he was threatening their stability. Believing what the teachers of law had told them, that he was being blasphemous by equating himself with God. They were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. He came into Jerusalem to do the hard work of answering their request of saving them. This morning, as we, as we look at it, again, we know the whole story. We, we, we know what's coming. We've read, the, we've read it. We've been taught it. We've been singing it. And the question we have to ask ourselves every time we encounter it, do we believe it? Do we believe it? Do we believe this is the Son of God? God himself come in the flesh to save us. Not from every problem that we have, although ultimately he will. Ultimately, these people were saved from from their troubles. They were looking at Rome as their major trouble. They didn't get saved from that yet. They were yelling, save us, and he came into town to do just that. And he didn't just come to save them. He came to save everyone who would call on his name. The Apostle John says it, and I mention it regularly because it's so important. Most of the people of Jerusalem, even though this was a big crowd that were, that were cheering for him and praising him on this particular day, most of the people of Jerusalem, most of the people of Israel did not receive him. Even though this was a large crowd, there was a bigger crowd in town that, that didn't want anything to do with him, didn't believe in him. But John says in his gospel, in chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, he said he came unto his own, the Israelites, but his own did not receive him. In general, they did not receive him. But then he makes this statement. But to those who did receive him, then he describes who that is. To those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Some of these cheering palm branch waving cloak throwing down on the street people some of them believed that he was their savior and to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God does the same thing for us for those of us who've believed who who believe that this is the Son of God, and that he came into this world to fulfill all of the promises of God, especially that one 
to bring salvation to everyone who believes. He gives the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Now, if that's you, then this passage is a great encouragement for you to keep living for that Savior, to keep doing the things that this group of people did, praising him and serving him, to continue on with that. Graduates that we just had up here that are believers in Christ, continue on. You're going to have some opportunities in the next few years to decide, am I going to keep going this way or am I going to go the other way that so many others are, are going? You're going to have that opportunity. As a believer in the Lord Jesus, let this passage, let this story in history be a reminder to you that you want to continue to live for him, believing in him and praising him for being who he is. Answering and and fulfilling all the promises that he's made to you, that you are forgiven of your sins and you will live forever. And since that's true, he deserves all that you are all the time. It's a high calling, but it's not just a calling for graduates. It's a calling for all of us. That's why we're here. That's what we're recommitting ourselves to every time we gather together. Every time we stop and think. Sometimes it's a a daily thing. As we stop and think about him, as we read his word privately and personally. As we read his word and we encounter these stories. As we encounter this story, we ask ourselves, am I living that worshipful, that life of service that he deserves? We think, well, I would certainly, if I was living at that time, I certainly would have been a palm branch waver. I certainly would have been willing to put my coat on the road. I certainly would be shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But how about today? We didn't get the opportunity to do it then. We get the opportunity to do it today. We get the opportunity to do it tomorrow at work, tomorrow at school. Tomorrow, wherever, we're, wherever we are, we get that opportunity. This is the easy time. Now, some of you think, wait a minute, you don't know what I've been through just to get here this morning. Yes, I do. I'm a person too. I almost didn't make it up on the stage from sitting over there because I accidentally drank from Sherry's cup instead of my cup. I hate coffee. I still feel like going to the other room. Ugh. And there's no way to race it. The coffee does that to you. I've had a number of sips of tea since then. No dice. And some of you have been through worse this morning just to, get, just to get here. And those of you that make an extra effort, thank you. Thank you. you well, you do know that's why you came. That's why you went to the extra effort. But it means so much to everybody else that you're here. And some of you think, nobody notices I'm here. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Nobody has snuck in incognito this morning. Oh, we may not all know your name or or that kind of thing, but we see you and we are glad you're here. So it's not super easy, but this is the easy day of the week to worship the Lord and to serve the Lord. This is when we're around everybody else who basically... Again, there are some exceptions, but basically believe the same thing that we do about Jesus and love him and and want to serve him. 
tomorrow is a tougher day. When we're, there aren't so many of us together. And we're around people who don't agree with us. And we don't know what the results are going to be when they find out what I do believe. And so sometimes we're timid and sometimes we, you know, I want you to be encouraged by these folks. I want you to be encouraged by their lack of timidity. Be encouraged by their boldness. They were laying it on the line at this time in Jerusalem as they were worshiping Jesus because their leaders were not worshiping Jesus. And it could cost them, and it did cost many of them big time. Couldn't go to a store. Couldn't go to synagogue, where, where, which was the center of their, of their lives and their activities. They, they paid the price. Many of them lost jobs, lost customers. Many of them had family members turn back, turn away from them. Mondays are harder than Sundays. But Sundays help us get ready for those Mondays. And let this story throughout your lives, as you continue to read it, as you continue to embrace it, let it be an encouragement to each of us to be those bold worshipers and servers of Jesus Christ. Now, it also, this, this passage also speaks to those of us who don't believe. Remember, in this particular instance, you would have been a majority. You may not be a majority here today, but you would be with the majority. Most of the, most of the Israelites, most of the people in Jerusalem did not believe in him. But he was coming to town, announcing himself as the Son of God, and giving each of them also an opportunity to believe. Because what he was going to do was going to ensure that anybody who believed in him would be saved, would be forgiven of their sins, would be given the hope and the promise and the guarantee of eternal life. And so this message, this statement, this story is also for you who don't yet believe. Change that today. Believe. Put your trust in him, in in what he said he would do, in who he said he is. He is God. He, the, the story is true. And what he did, he did for you. Also in the gospel of John, and, you, and, and most of us know this verse, even those of us here today who don't believe have heard it, or we've at least seen it in the end zone of football games. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's Jesus. That whoever believes in him will not perish, will not be condemned to eternal judgment for their sins, and will not perish, but have eternal life. Amazing. That's for all of us. And so if you don't believe this morning, know this. This Savior who came into town in this humble way on the colt of a donkey, in the image of his forefather, David, the king, who was a forerunner to him, the real king, 
he came in humbly on a colt of a donkey because he knew he was heading to the cross for us. And we praise his name for doing that for us. And if you haven't put your trust in him, we encourage you, don't wait. Tell him this morning that you believe that he is the son of God, that you believe he did this for you and that he will forgive you of your sins and give you the promise of eternal life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for another look at one of the most important days in our history. We thank you for the many times that we've read this story. And Father, for some of us, this may have been one of the first times that we've read it. But Father, we thank you for the many more times that we will read it in the future. And how you will remind us that Jesus came into this world in real time, lived a real life, went through real events like this one. And he did it all to show us your great love, to show us your mercy, your grace, the gift that you have in store for all who believe. Father, we thank you for those who praised him and served him that day. And we thank you that we can be counted among their number. There are so many great servants of Christ within Midway Community Church. Some of them are serving our children right now. Some of them are in the, in the hallway or the parking lot serving us right now. Some have been up here on stage earlier singing and leading us in, in song. Some are serving quietly back in the tech booth. Some, Father, will be serving again as they were earlier, welcoming us into the service and, and letting us know how glad they are that we were here. And on and on it goes. We thank you, Father, that we can do what these first century believers did, that we can worship you and we can serve you. But Father, most of all, we thank you that we can believe in you. And so help us, those who believe. Help our graduates as we focus on them a little bit today and honor them. Help them to be worshipers and servants of Christ wherever they go. For those that stay here, we pray that they would continue in their worship and service. But those who leave and go other places, we pray that you would remind them regularly that you are the worthy king of their lives. You've made promises and you will keep them. And they can trust you. And Father, for those who don't believe, we pray that you would remind them this morning by your spirit that you are the son of God, that you did come into this world and that you did die. You did rise again and you did it all so that everyone who calls on you will be saved. Remind them of that today, Father, that they might believe and be saved, not just for today, but for eternity. 
forgiven of their sins and given the gift of sharing your glory forever. And it's in Jesus' name, our King, the one that we've declared and, and cried out, Hosanna, we, we believe that you did that for us, Jesus, that you did save us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.